My name is David, and this is The Big Shut-In. It is Tuesday, June the 30th, 2020. And here in New York City, the school year officially ended last Friday, which means that now it is summer vacation. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I think most parents really don't know what that means. Now, this weird kind of attempt at online learning of plunking elementary school age children in front of computers on the kitchen table and telling them that they were at school now, um, which at least for us never really worked, is now over. And now the kids who have been home are home now. And here we all are. And so I thought this was a good moment to check in once again with Lindsay, who, if you remember, is a fourth grade teacher and mother of twin first graders in Brooklyn. And we spoke to her right at the beginning of this kind of online learning adventure about her thoughts and fears and apprehensions and um, hopes for the rest of the school year. And now that we've come to the end of that, she really does have a lot to say about what that was like and how it went and what she was able to accomplish and not accomplish. And also a lot to say about this giant looming question mark that she and I and, and all parents are staring at for the fall of what is going to happen. What are we going to do? Are we just going to be here more? Are we going to send the kids somewhere else? And what will that look like? Because frankly, no one seems to know. And all of the ideas that are being presented are flawed, to say the least. They're really sort of half an idea at best. And so let's go talk to Lindsay now and get our end of the year report card for 2020 and see if we can figure out something about what's going on and what might be next. So what's up, David? How are you? I'm good. Um, <laughs> you know, as, as good as can be expected. Well, how good, how good is that? Um, I, I'm okay. Um, we had the, um, you know, it was the last day of school on Friday. Yep. Um, and so I've had two days of summer, summer vacation, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't feel much different. <laughs> no, no, it sure doesn't. Um, how did, I mean, I'm, I, I want to hear about how you're doing and I, and I really want to hear about school and kind of how that went. Like, how do you feel about this school year and now that um, it's over? Well, you know, the, it's funny. The The last day of school for me is always a little bit sad, right? Like you're, it's exciting to see the end of the year and it's exciting to like celebrate everything that we've done over the year. The last week of school is also really fun because you're like, there's very little learning happening. You know, you're packing up your classroom and the kids are helping you to clean things and pack things away. Um, and there's like you know, you're watching movies and just, you know, you're celebrating the beginning of summer together and it feels really, it, 
it's always a week I look forward to because it's, you just feel your community that you've built over the year. Um, and because everyone is pitching in and because it's not a lot of academic stuff and it's all um, social, emotional, end of the year stuff, it's just, it's kind of this beautiful week. So that was really hard to just not have that. Um, and I tried to do a little bit of it just like, you know, uh, we're going to make a memory book. Um, think, you know, all writing this week is going to be writing about your favorite memories of fourth grade. And, um, you know, we had a classroom celebration, but it was on Zoom. So it's like, you know, bring a treat if you've got one and we'll play some games and I'll show a slideshow. But it just, it just doesn't, it's not anywhere near what the end of the year normally is. So that just, that was just very sad. I was, um, I was, I was happy to see the end of remote learning for the school year. Um, but I had a great group of kids and it was just, you know, I just, I hated not being able to have that last, um, week of memories with them. I mean, how do you feel, how do you feel remote learning went? Do you think like, how do you feel about the amount of learning that happened remotely? Well, it just is really, it just really depends. Um, I think that a lot of kids did a lot of great learning. Um, I think that there were definitely kids who didn't, and that happened for various reasons. You know, fourth grade is interesting. You're, the kids are all either nine or 10 right now. They come to you as eight-year-olds. Um, and they leave you as almost fifth graders and they do a lot of growing in that year, but really, you know, they're still, they're still little, um, and maybe seven of my kids really were just independent going on every day, making sure that they were getting things done. Um, another, probably 10 of them, eight, eight or 10 of them were going on every day and doing things, but it was not independent. Like it was very clearly parent led in a lot of ways. And then there were kids who just never really did any work. And that group is the one that breaks my heart because a lot of it is just because they didn't have access. A lot of it is just that like, you know, I had one kid who um, she had to watch her brother every day and her brother's in first grade um, and he's got ADHD. And like, so she's, her hands are full. Her mom's at work. Um, another kid had to leave his apartment wow. every day and go to work with his dad, you know, so it was just, there were a so lot of different a, a, needs. A nine or 10 year old babysitting a seven year old every day. Yeah, ex exactly. Absolutely. And mom would um, be, uh, mom had to go to work, you know, single mom. So it's, it, it, she was a very responsible 10 year old. Um, I guess. But yeah, she was, you know, she was in charge of her brother during the day. And so. They also had one device between them. So if little brother needed to log into a meeting for his first grade classroom, then my student wasn't able to do any work during that period of time. Um, and I feel, you know, it's a lot of families were dealing with stuff that's, you know, just problems with, with resources, you know, and those are the families who already were having trouble with school. And then this is just, furthering this gap that already exists um and you know moving these kids further away from you know where we hope that they would go at the end of fourth grade i mean that's something that's been i think 
apparent to me and maybe under underreported mm-hmm. is how the, the the difference in in um I hate to use the word class because it's it's not such a nice word, but mm-hmm. um pe- people in different economic strata that the difference in how they're dealing with this and how what the resources they have. I mean, what a luxury being able to quarantine is. You know, to be able to be stay home with your kids and not have to go work. Um, Absolutely, and it's you know a lot of it does have to deal uh, does have to do with money, you know, and it does have to do with with um, the resources your family has in general. But then there's also you know um, single parents were hit upon really hard as well, and you can have all the resources in the world, but if you've got three kids and you're a single mom, you know, there's just, you're not there. It's, it's so interesting what this period of quarantine did for families. You know, each one of those kids going to school in separate classrooms and mom going to work, like great. Everybody has the same access to resources. Um, and maybe even more like if this is like, imagine this family to be a family with lots of resources. But then all of a sudden, here's quarantine, and now this mom is cooped up with no access to babysitters or daycare or, or childcare of any kind. She's trying to do her job. All three kids need to be doing schoolwork. If you know one or two of the kids are very small, then they are not independent. You know, as you and I know, like first grade yeah. is not an independent grade. Like they're not doing all of that on their own, or, or um, any of it, really. Yeah, no, uh, no, none of it. Um, you know, so it it definitely was families who were already, you know, not uh, who already didn't have access in a lot of ways. But then there were all these other families who all of a sudden were also kind of put in, under these like hardship conditions. I mean, it, it strikes me too that fourth grade is. You'll learn a lot in fourth grade, I think. I mean, I don't really remember, but I I feel like that's really a formative age for like reading and math and writing and spelling and all this stuff. Yeah. I mean, do do you feel like, I mean, it sounds like, you know, when you say the rest of them either, you know, just weren't able to do a lot of work, weren't able to log on. It seems like that's half your class, right? Um. Um, it was a good portion. Yeah. Yeah, Are you worried about those kids like being able to handle fifth grade? Well, I mean, the, the interesting thing is that this is across, I mean, not only the city, not only the country, but like kind of the world too. Like a lot of kids are just missing the end of this last year. Um, and as we move forward, like thinking about my fourth graders, they're not going to be behind any other fourth graders so we as teachers are going to have to change our expectations um you know because at some point i and my school basically decided that yes we need to move forward teaching new curriculum but for probably the first four weeks at least four to six weeks um we were just doing review and practicing things that we had already taught the kids because we we just were still trying to wrap our heads around how to even teach content. So uh, they definitely missed they missed at least a month of actual of content in fourth grade and then the other month and a half two months was 
content delivered via online platforms, which is just not, you can't move as quickly. They are not understanding as much I can tell because I looked at their work. We didn't even get to decimals. Like I'm supposed to do that. They didn't do that. But, you know, neither did any other fourth grade teacher. No kid is going into fifth grade right now with, you know, the basics of decimals in their, in their minds. So, you know, it's just going to have to become a fifth grade standard. It's funny too, because I've been saying for a long time that the standards are developmentally just a little inappropriate. I don't think we should be talking about decimals in fourth grade, very honestly. I think that should be a fifth grade standard. So in a well, perfect then, world- congratulations. Right. In a perfect world, huh. we would we would just take all of the standards and 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 walk them back a little bit. Um, and I think that it would be really beneficial across the board if we did that. Um, I mean, is that? I guess my question is: Is that what's going to happen, or is there just going to no. be a bigger gap between the kids who had really good devices at home and are going to have access to tutors and are going to mm-hmm. have are going to be able to close the gap, and the kids who aren't? Is that what's going to happen? I think that we're going to have to, at least for this next year, I think that we're like teachers are going to have to backtrack. Um, And I think that we all understand that. Um, You know, I am going to have to spend my summer educating myself a little bit. It's been five years since I taught third grade, but I'm going to have to remember the end of it so that I can. Oh, geez. Right. Yeah. You know, and we all know that. I, I, and I do think teachers are all across the board going to do that because uh, because we just have to. I wish that it would just stay that way. I wish that it would just be okay. We've all we've shifted forever and ever and ever, and it's not just you know this next year that all of a sudden we're going to move at you know one and a half <laughs> speed, <laughs> which is just an, an impossibility in general. Because I mean, I'm, I'm sure that we'll talk about next year as well but you know that's just not going to happen but i imagine at some point it's just going to go back to well these are fourth grade standards and they need to meet them you know maybe not next year maybe the year after maybe the year after that but at some point it's just gonna be like well i hope they made it up and then those kids are going to just be even more left behind than they already were how do you feel like your class felt about all of this and about their end of fourth grade and about the quarantine and you know, it's so, it's, it's so hard. Like, so I would do small group meetings, um, with my kids. I I did whole class meetings, but there's no way you're getting anybody's real thoughts on a whole class meeting. Like they're, it's, they're too distracted and there's so many kids there and it's, you know, they're, they're used to sharing in front of each other, but all of a sudden on a, on a screen, it puts it into sharp relief that all of a sudden I, they're all looking at me and this is weird. And I'm talking into microphone. I don't know. So that was impossible. The small groups were a little bit better, but even when I was one-on-one with kids, it was really hard for them to open up in this medium. You know, it's, it's much easier for me to understand what's going on with my kids when I see them in person. So a lot of that was just kind of a mystery to me. I was trying to figure it out and we talked about it a lot. And they said all the things I'm used to hearing, you know, I feel proud of myself for all the work that I did this year. I feel nervous about fifth grade. Will my teacher like me? Will I make friends? You know, so it's a lot of it is just kids being resilient and being kids no matter what. But then, you know, there's also this just extra air of sadness. And maybe it's just me projecting that onto them and they're fine. But it seemed like they were, you know, uh, more anxious um, and more melancholic 
um, and a little bit less like summer's here and we're going to rule the school's fifth graders. Like you've got a lot of that usually in most years and not really this year. I think you have such a great perspective on this because you were seeing it from both sides of the mirror, right? Mm -hmm. um, as a teacher and as a parent and our, um, you know, your, your girls and my son are the same age. They all just finished first grade. Mm -hmm. um, how do you feel that that went for them? Wow. Yeah, it's, um, I think it was as, as fine as it could be. Um, I have definitely heard about kids who, you know, just rejected remote learning and, and learning from a parent at all. I've heard stories about kids who just like would not sit on a Zoom, uh, kids who, you know, they just had battle of wills with their parents every day. So we didn't, luckily, we were, the girls are pretty compliant <laughs> children. They, Ooh, they like, they, they nice. are. <laughs> I don't know what that's like at all. I really... No, it, it is. It's great. You know, so we're, we're very lucky um, that they would to a, a certain point, obviously, until they started just getting like silly and weird and falling all over themselves. Like they would sit and do school with us. But uh, then it was just a matter of like, well, what do we do? Like, I've never taught, uh, like I said, it's been, it's been five years since I even taught third grade and I've never taught lower than that. So I don't know. I realized I don't know how to teach a kid to read. <laughs> I, I know how to teach a kid to read better, but I've never done that kind of teaching where you're like literally learning phonics and, and letter sounds and that sort of thing. So uh, for us, a lot of it was like, whose Google slides do we look at today? Like what kind what, um, what writing project are we going to do with them? And then how do we teach them that? There wasn't a lot of, um, there were here and there, but um, a lot of what we were getting was like uh, read aloud videos. And then here and there we would get um, academic videos um, about writing or math or what have you. So we were making a lot of it up ourselves. Um, and it was okay, but I don't know, I, you know, at the end of the day, I'm not really sure how to assess my daughters because I don't teach first grade. So I think they've made progress. I really do. Um, Emily has an IEP which means an uh, individualized education plan. And um, for her, we're pretty, we're pretty positive, although they can't test for it this early, um, that we think that she has dyslexia. So she was getting um, a small group three times a week that was sort of just like hands, more literacy work. So that was really good for her too. But kids, you know, Violet wasn't getting that. Um, they're, identical, <laughs> they're identical twins, right? Yes. Isn't Is that, it fascinating? Isn't it? Is that common or usual for one I have kid to no be idea. dyslexic and another? Because it, it's blowing my mind. Like, I can't tell if Violet is and just is hiding it or, or it'll come out later or if it really is just it only got to one of them. But I mean, she mixes things up. She writes things backwards. She um, mixes up letters. Like, it's all of the early signs of it are there. And with Violet, it's, you know, a lot fewer. She has more sort of Every kid has some signs that could be interpreted um, as early signs of it, but she just, you know, she's, she's just is more typically developing. I don't know. It's, it's fascinating to me too. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know how, I also don't know how this year went. I'm, I'm trying to make sense of it, you know, from my own perspective. I mean, I, for most of the learn at home period, you know, they would assign five, six, seven things a day, and we'd maybe do two of them. 
you know, and that's how yeah. the whole, it was usually math because he likes that better. So he's not reading and writing particularly well. Um, but we did what we could do, you know, mm -hmm. so I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, it seems to us like they made progress. I saw it, but then I don't know where they're supposed to be at the end of first grade. I, uh, you know, and I'm a teacher and I don't know just because I don't teach that grade. I'm not that familiar with it. Um, so, you know, families who don't have teachers at all, it's, we're all just going in the dark. Like, I don't know. I have no idea. Is my kid doing okay? I don't know. Well, you and, know. and the, the assessment, you know, from his teachers, and I think his teachers are very nice and very competent and very, you know, but because we weren't handing in that much, I don't think they have any sense of where he is either, you know? Mm -hmm. So. I no, mean, it really is. It's interesting. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, we were talking about next year. And for me, like, I'm going to change up the way that I'm, if we are all remote at the beginning of next year, which I personally think it is likely that we will be. Um, oh, please don't say that. You think uh, so? I do. I do. I think so. <sighs> uh, it's, you know, there's, there's three possibilities, right? There's the possibility that we're all remote. There's the possibility that we're just back in school, just like normal. I think that's really, really unlikely. And then there's this, like, all these blended learning scenarios. And I'm just, like, trying to, meaning there would be smaller groups, like cohorts of kids within my class. And I would see some of the, some of the, the class on some days and the other parts of the class on other days. So kids would be going in maybe two days a week, something like that. Or they would do one week at school, one week at home. There's lots of How different... Possibility that makes sense. I mean, because you'd doesn't. still be interacting with all of them. Yeah, so it you doesn't. would be a node of viral contamination anyway, right? I mean, yes, it's the teachers are still just as uh, as at risk as if all the kids were coming every day. I think, um, although not not quite because you can space kids out in your classroom better, right? So if I've got half of my class there, then I you know I can have fewer bodies in, in the space of my classroom. So that's the only reason that it would make sense. But it also, like, what do the kids do who are not sitting in front of you? Like, if, I've, if I see half my kids Monday and Tuesday, then what do the other kids do? Because I'm teaching the in-person kids during Monday and Tuesday. So, you know, it seems with this blended learning idea that teachers are going to be tasked now with doing re the remote teaching that we have been doing, which has been, believe me, a full-time job. I have worked much harder during these last three months than I ever have before. So now we're going to be asked to do remote learning at the same time as we're doing in-person learning for half of our class. Like it just seems like none of it seems possible. Um, and it's still being talked about and nobody, no one has any idea of what's going to actually happen. But we're also facing massive budget cuts because, of course, we are. Um, so, so there's already teachers getting accessed, which means that they go into a pool of teachers that are not assigned to a school. Um, our union is really strong, and it means they can't be fired outright, but it just means that they are not assigned anywhere. And there's a hiring freeze for next year, which means that if you hire anybody, then you have to hire from this pool of teachers not assigned to a, to a school. But nobody's going to be hiring because of because everybody's having to access teachers because we don't have no school has any budget. So if we were to actually do socially distanced learning, 
um, in a real way, in a way that was equitable, in a way that was fair for teachers. We would need lots and lots and lots more teachers. (laughs) We would need people to take these extra cohorts of kids. They're like, well, we can use the cafeteria as learning space. And it's like, no, we can't. We don't have a teacher to teach there. We have enough teachers to teach in the rooms of this building. We don't have this magical cafeteria teacher and we don't have any money to buy, to, to hire her or him. So it's just like none of these remote learning scenarios seem in any way feasible. I just, I, I personally just think that it's, it's just going to be all remote again. You know, in 1918, they just didn't do a year of school. The kids just didn't go. Everybody just didn't go to school. And there wasn't remote learning. There was, the teacher wasn't, you know, coming by and giving them school books and like, no, just, you know, just nobody did school for that year. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, in my mind, it's like this radical idea of like, let's just call it off. Like it's not working for anybody. Everybody hates it. Um, let's just, let's just call it all off. Let's just not do school next year. (laughs) But that's, I realize, you know, also not going to happen. Well, I mean, and I'll be honest too, from my perspective, I, I mean, every, everything's hard right now, right? Everything's impossible, but as, as, as weird and as difficult and as inadequate and as uh, imperfect as the remote learning was, at least it was something for us to do every day. At least there was a, a list of things that appeared every day. There's like, here's something you can do. Yeah. <laughs> because we've been through our place, you know, we're out of things to do here. We're yeah. out of things. There's nothing left to do. My so, God, today the girls like were literally like ransacking my closet and being like, what's this? What's this? And I'm like, this is a weird old preschool workbook that you guys filled in one page of and like never went back to. And they were like, maybe this would be fun. I was like, oh my God, you guys are so bored. Terrible. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. it was something to do. It was something to, you know, lead us, you know, through the... Gave some kind of shape to the day. You have a meeting at this time, you know, because now Mm -hmm. summer is just, it's just like... I don't know, it, uh, coming up with things or screens or, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I yeah. mean, it's... Yeah, two days in and I'm like, when does school start back up again? And when is it five o'clock again? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. when can we start? When does, when, when, when are we, when are we opening the bar here? Um, <laughs> but uh, how are you doing generally? I mean, how are you guys? we really are fine um you know we're we feel very very lucky to have twins um because it's just two kids they're the same age they get along really well and they get to play together all day long so they yeah that must be you know it's it's really uh, when we first found out that we were having twins that was you know (laughs) terrifying and when they were babies that was like a whole nightmare but um but but it's we feel very 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 lucky with it during all of this because they they do they can play together for hours and just like it's like weird imagination games where they've now made up character i don't know <laughs> they are um very weird children and but they in, in the exact same way so it is wonderful um that's awesome and you know it's they are bored and they are they are missing their friends like crazy and they're a little sad but they're not um we really are you know we're we're managing um i find myself 
more anxious than anything else, just thinking about what this is going to look like going forward and, and next year of schooling and like how these incoming fourth graders and they, they seem like such babies when you leave your fourth graders that are now big kids. And then you get, you, you get these like, you know, they were third graders 10 minutes ago and they're, you know, very scared of the, the academic work of fourth grade. And it's, you know, like thinking about that class of kids next year, that makes me anxious because, you know, we just, we want to do our very best for these kids and it's none of it is, it's just an impossibility to replicate school in any meaningful way. Do you, I find myself getting angry a lot lately. Mm-hmm. Do you find angry happening? I like at the, yeah. at the country, you know? Yeah. At, oh like, yeah. Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, it, I, I, again, like feel very lucky that we live in a place where most people, not all, not all people, but most people are, you know, taking it seriously and, and staying inside and wearing the masks and all the stuff. But then, you know, just looking at what's going on around the country, it just, it's like, guys, I don't want to do another year of online learning. I don't want to. And you're causing this. <laughs> yeah. Like if everyone had just stayed home and put on a mask in April, mm-hmm. we'd be coming out of this now mm-hmm. instead of just getting ready for endless crashing waves to whip around the country. Yep. Exactly. Endless crashing waves is exactly what it feels like that, two that we years are or something. Facing. Yep, that's exactly what it feels like. Mm. Um, you know, and until we have a vaccine for this, like, I just don't know. I have no idea what any of it looks like. I hate not knowing. Mm. Have you guys been getting out and doing play dates at all? We've been doing like socially distanced outside masked play dates every now and then. Yeah, and it's been lovely. No, to we get outside. <laughs> we ha- we have the the. Um, the playgrounds are open again. Here. Yeah, we're not doing that. But and so we we have been like meeting his uh, a little bit just the last week or so, like two weeks maybe. Meeting you know friends at the park, and the kids will play with masks on. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I that's mean, my we- happy note to end on. Is like it you know at least we feel safe enough to get like our two kids together with like one other kid and just at least, you know, change it up a little bit and get some fresh air. Yeah. The thing that really, um, as long as we're talking about the thing that really kind of makes me uncomfortable in that situation is the little one. Um, our two year old yeah. who is very smart and very outgoing. Um, and usually very social has now learned is now afraid of other kids. Oh, heartbreak. It's heartbreaking. And so we'll, we'll go to the park. We'll have her a little mask on, which is heartbreaking enough. And then we'll be like, no, you can go down the slide. And she'll be like, daddy does other children. And, oh. and this is when she's supposed to be learning how to socialize mm-hmm. and she's learning to not socialize. And so we're going to go, what we're doing is we're going down we have cousins who are older than her. I mean, they're, they're seven and nine. They're their first cousins. And we're, we're, we've decided to open up to their family. Mm-hmm. My, my wife's sister and um, also my mom, 
my wife's mom, her sister, the, you know, sort of that f- we're, we're expect because every, everybody's been quarantined. So like this week we're going and visiting some family mm-hmm. and those are at least a couple of kids that they can play with Yeah, openly, you know, and do whatever exactly. they want to do. But yeah, we, we've got a pod going as well. That's awesome. <laughs> but they're not two year olds, you know? No, no. And she's still going to be the little kid who's trying to keep up and getting beat up and, you know, well, um, well, just, you know, remember that kids are resilient. They really, you know, they, they will bounce back from all of this and it's going to take some time absolutely to sort of feel comfortable. But, you know, the, the fact that they adjusted to this new normal so quickly, you know, it just, they, they, they'll adjust to a new, new normal <laughs> whenever that, whenever we're able to enjoy that. My name is David Hoffman, and this is The Big Shut-In. I produce the show. It's a production of Race Car Radio, racecarradio.com. If you have feedback for me, or you have a story that you think I should hear, please feel free to reach out, thebigshutin at racecarradio.com. Race Car Radio is a division of Citizen Race Car, Applied Imagination. <laughs>